that's inflation. I'll be right back. I know it's a cliche, and we've all heard it and said it ourselves, that inflation is the cruelest kind of tax, hitting hard as those who can least afford it. I wonder, though, if we really understand that inflation is, in fact, a tax increase, a way government can raise more revenue without raising the rates. Take capital gains. Now, this is the profit you make if something you bought a while back has become more valuable, and you sell it for more than you paid for it. This can be a farm, a home, a lot you were going to build on and didn't, that old car that suddenly became valuable to a collector, or stock you bought. But what if you're increased sale price is an increase in dollars that aren't worth as much as they were when you bought it. If you sell your home for twice what it cost, but all homes are now worth twice what they cost because the present dollar is worth only 50 cents, then you haven't made any profit. But the tax collector says you have. If you paid 20000 and sell for 40000 he says you've made 20000 upon which you must pay a tax, even though 40000 today will only buy what 20000 bought at the time of purchase. The answer is very simple, but not too many politicians are going to suggest it. The sales price should be computed in constant dollars, meaning the dollars should be valued at their purchasing power now compared to their purchasing power when you first acquired the property. Let's turn to your paycheck, because here's where the government really profits from inflation. We have a progressive income tax. As your income increases, you find the government takes a higher percentage, say, of the second $10,000 you earn than of the first. Now, let's say you get a raise simply to keep even with the increased cost of living, to make you able to buy what you could before the raise. But you can't. For that increase in the number of dollars puts you into a higher tax bracket. The government takes a greater share of those new dollars, and suddenly you find you haven't kept up with inflation. After taxes, you're worse off than you were before the raise. Nine times out of ten, though, you blame high prices, not your taxes. Now, let's take an actual example. The man who earned $10,000 a year in 1966 earns, if he's the average, $15,000 today. That $5,000 increase is a little more than the increased cost of living. Actually, $3,800 of his raise is eaten up by inflation. Still, he should be $1,200 better off than he was in 1966. But not after taxes. At $15,000, he's in a higher tax bracket. The government takes the $1,200 plus $159 more, making him $159 worse off than he was in 1966. Now, there's an answer, a very simple one, a proposal by Senator James Buckley of New York, which has been greeted with thunderous silence by his liberal colleagues. He proposes what is called indexing the progressive tax brackets so as to reflect the lowered purchasing power of the dollar. In other words, you would move up to a higher tax bracket only to the extent that your increased income exceeded the increase in the cost of living. In the example I just gave, that $10,000 a year man would stay in the same tax bracket for $3,800 of his $5,000 raise and would only pay an increased rate on the $1,200 if that moved him into a new bracket. Congress is very busy talking tax reform. Now's the time for you to start those cards and letters. If government suffered the same pain from inflation that you do, instead of making a profit on it, they'd do something about it. This is Ronald Reagan. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Man, I love Ronald Reagan. The wisdom that he tried to bestow upon the people is unrivaled. He saw what was coming. He tried to warn everybody about it and really did a great job, in my opinion, if you paid attention to him, um, laying out what we were facing going forward. And it's all here now. Everything has arrived. Our forefathers are some of the smartest men in history. You go back, besides great presidents like Reagan, if you go back to the very beginning, our founding fathers – the one document that they created, the Constitution, 
has enabled America to survive as long as it has. Without it, our country would have never made it to this point. I'm just marveled at the time difference. You're talking about guys who wrote something all the way back in the 1700s, and it's still so relevant today, and it still works for our society today, even though the left is trying to tear it down. My opening monologue there with Ronald Reagan I thought was appropriate uh, because his wisdom leads me into what I wanted to talk about, which is inflation, uh, more or less going into hyperinflation. We're already under inflation right now. I mean, if you can't tell, you're really not paying attention. Groceries cost more. Gas costs more. Uh, construction materials, Jesus, construction materials through the roof. When you were buying, I'm in Florida, so plywood, we buy all the time here. You know, when, when it's hurricane season, plywood's flying off the shelf. When you could go into Home Depot and get a sheet of plywood for anywhere, say, between 13 and 16 bucks, and you go into Home Depot now and plywood is hammering you over the head for $50, $60, if you don't noticeably see that, I, I don't even know what to say. It's so bad that people in the building industry that are building homes, homes are costing up to 35% more just because of construction material. And believe me, they're not absorbing the cost. When you're building a home, you're absorbing the cost. What's really scary is I found an article by Zero Hedge and it reads, transitory hyperinflation ahead. Last week when discussing the latest earnings call, Bank of America said buckle up, inflation is here and showed a chart of the number of mentions of inflation during the earnings calls, which exploded, more than tripling year-over-year per company so far, and the biggest jump in history since Bank of America started keeping records in 2004. Who knew that just one week later, Bank of America would need a bigger chart, a much bigger chart? As Bank of America writes, After the third week of earnings, mentions of inflation have now quadrupled year over year. And after last week, mentions have jumped nearly 800% year over year. Inflation is real. It's absolutely here. Hyperinflation is on the way. You cannot spend the kind of money that the government's spending right now and not put us into hyperinflation. I mean, hell, look at the cost of gas prices. Depending on where you live at, March last year, gas on average was two thirty two a gallon. Now it's two eighty nine. In April, it was a dollar ninety three, and depending on where you live, again, it's two dollars and ninety four cents on average. That's going to be partially due to inflation, and the other part of that is a complete lack of leadership in the White House right now, with little dementia Joe canceling fracking, and getting rid of the Keystone Pipeline. So you can thank, if you're a Democrat or you think that Joe Biden is great and whatever, you can thank him every time you're at the gas pump and compared to this time last year, if you got a 15-gallon tank or a 20-gallon tank, it's costing you 15 or $20 more than it did last year to fill up your car. Go ahead and add that up for the year and see how that feels, okay? If you spend, you fill your car up once a week, 20 bucks a week times 52 Little Joe just cost you an extra thousand bucks a year. So thank him for that. Fox News reported, beware of Biden's hidden tax increases, because believe me, they are. Just like Ronald Reagan explained, 
It all comes back around to us. We're going to pay for this one way or the other. In the article, it says every American is going to pay higher taxes due to the Biden administration policies. Remember that inflation is a hidden tax. It's a powerful and often unseen and unstoppable way for the government to pay for its goods and services without raising visible taxes to make people angry. Warren Buffett is widely regarded as the best long-term investor in America. He clearly has moved from concerns about unemployment to concerns about inflation. We are seeing a substantial inflation, Buffett said at the annual meeting of the Berkshire and Hathaway. We are raising prices. People are raising prices to us, and it is being accepted. Buffett's private sector experience is reinforced by former Secretary of the Treasury and Ph.D. in economics Larry Summers, who warned in a forum that inflation indicators were flashing red alarms and that all signs are for inflation starting to break out. We were providing demand well in excess over the next couple of years for any plausible estimate of the economy's potential to produce, and that meant substantial prices increase, Summer said. As my daughter Jackie Cusham, who holds the Chartered Financial Analysis designation, wrote in a recent column, There might soon be opportunity for those who are younger to learn more about inflation and possibly stagflation. The U.S. Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index was up 1.6% in February over a year ago. The expectations for March is 2.3%. The Consumer Price Index was 2.6% in March. And the Producer Price Index, which measures wholesale prices, was 4.2% that month. Food is more expensive, housing is through the roof, and I was shocked at the gas prices just last week. Now, the Democrats are going to try to downplay this like they always do. They don't want you to panic that we're basically going the same route as Venezuela, as Nazi Germany, and everybody else that went into hyperinflation and totally destroyed their country. When you're printing the amount of money that the Biden administration is printing, there's no way to stop it. The only realistic way to slow it down and possibly stop it is the Fed needs to raise the rates so that way we can start burning cash and getting rid of it, getting out of circulation to increase the value of the dollar. Remember, hyperinflation, as Ronald Reagan said, uh, hyperinflation, it's not that your dollar is not a dollar. It's just that since everything costs twice as much, it only has half the buying power of what it used to have. And that's where we're at. That's where we're going. That's why everything's going up so high. That's why Biden and them are adamant about telling the feds not to raise the rates. They want hyperinflation. On the back burner is a digital dollar. They don't like cryptocurrency, but they want a digital dollar. If you think about the implications of them having a digital dollar, that means every transaction that you do going forward, everything from what you get paid to what you buy to what bills you pay, Everything, they can track it. They can trace it. They'll know everything that goes in and out of your account. At the end of the year, will there even be a need for doing taxes? No, because they already know what time it is. They know exactly what's going in there. They know exactly what you make. So they could just deposit it in your account. And you know, of course, Uncle Sam is going to be of the opinion that it's no big deal. We're not tracking you. We're not watching you. We're not spying on you. But yet, you know every single thing I'm doing. So what, are you going to put us in algorithms to learn us, to figure out who's who and what's what? I I don't trust that. So the reason they don't like cryptocurrency is because cryptocurrency is free from government control. That's why they don't like Bitcoin. That's why they don't like, uh, what is it, ETC and and some of the other ones that are up there right now. They don't like them because they're not centralized because they can't get the grubby little hands on them. So ultimately... 
they want to collapse the dollar. They want to go to that digital dollar. The best way to do that is to put us into hyperinflation. And that is the direction we are going at full force, full speed. That's another reason why Joe Biden's infrastructure plan is so dangerous. It's a sham. It's just to get what they want ultimately, which is complete control. I mean, the fact of the matter is they need to stop spending money. They need to be more responsible with their money, although I know that that's taboo to say. But to put that into perspective, do you realize what's in that plan? They got $1.75 million to spruce up Japanese gardens in Portland, $436,000 for meditation and restorative yoga programs in Jersey, $250,000 to expand the Michelle Obama Library, $2 million in funding for new art collections at the Brooklyn Museum in New York, $2 million for a pickleball of fitness circuit in Orange, California, $1.5 million to provide free public Wi-Fi in California, $250,000 to the Performing Arts Center, $742,000 for a program in New York that would feature conversations around difficult issues such as racism, gender discrimination, and cultural bias. And they want to drop $166,000 for developmental of equality programs at Lincoln University. So let me ask you this. This bill is an infrastructure plan that he's trying to put forward to you. What part of what I just told you has anything to do with infrastructure? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I didn't hear nothing about no roads. I didn't hear nothing about no bridges. I didn't hear nothing about no railways. I didn't hear anything about any of that. Which goes right back to what I just said. It's a sham. So Joe Biden passed a $4 trillion. Now we're going at a $2 trillion. Our annual budget is $4 trillion, but we always spend around 6 or $7 trillion because that's why we're always at a deficit. We're in debt, $28 trillion plus. I mean, where does it end? It ends with the collapse of our economy. I don't think his plan is going to pass. I think it'll get filibustered. I don't think it's going to make it through. God willing, it won't. I see that the Republicans are advocating for a smaller bill of $600 billion. I got to be honest, right now, they need to not spend anything on anything. Right now, what they need to do is cut off all spending, let the economy recover, raise the rates, burn some cash, make the dollar stronger again, and then you could talk about spending. In the meantime, it would be a good idea for us to just get everything under control after their planned-demic that they put on us and let the economy and everything grow. That's not the liberal way. Right now, the liberal way is we're going to get everything we want. We're going to get everything on our wish list because we know it's a ticking time bomb that in November 2022, more than likely, they're going to lose one or both, House and Senate, so they want to get all their radical ideas pushed in there ahead of time to ensure the collapse of our country so they could stay rich and we could stay poor. Oh, there, you know, some of these things are so obvious and some are real complicated. Don't get me wrong. There are some things that you have to dig 20 years in the past to really see where it began at. Other things are right in your face. I don't understand how the average person walking around who knows anything at all about finances could look at what they're doing and think it's okay. 
The problem is they're not educating people the way they used to. They're certainly not educating you on finances. They, they, they want you to go out and be reckless with your money. Look what they're selling you. They basically want you to go out, blow all your money, and stimulate the economy. Actually, right now, during inflation, you shouldn't be spending money. You should be saving money. But nobody's going to teach you that, and they're certainly not going to explain that to you, especially the Democratic Party. I don't know if anybody happened to see the article. If you didn't, it was by the National Pulse. Zuckerberg and George Bush partner up in a far-left immigration push. George Bush decided he's going to work together with Mark, and together they're going to work on their progressive ideas for immigration, and uh, you know they're going to help each other out. George Bush was definitely not an influential president. The fact that he's teaming up with Zuckerberg just shows you that there are a lot of Republicans that on TV, to your face, they're going to say, you know, whatever you want to hear, that we're against this, and we're going to do that, and we're going after this person, and yeah, man, we're going to do it. And ultimately, they're playing the same dirty game the Democrats are playing. I thought that story was absolutely ridiculous. Good article by the National Pulse. Definitely didn't hear anybody talking about it at all, which I thought was a little weird. I did see it on Gab, but for the most part, Radio Silence didn't hear a whole lot on that. So moving on, I'm sure you heard yesterday that they're going to continue the ban on Facebook for President Trump. Uh, President Trump did launch his own, looks like it's more like a blog on his website where you can see things that he wants to say and you can attach those articles and send them out to places. Now you could still attach what he says to a Facebook post from my understanding, but it looks like certain videos you cannot upload to Twitter. So they're still messing with him. Not that that's a big surprise. I'm I'm more surprised that not more people are outraged at them censoring his freedom of speech. I don't usually do the whole boycott thing, but those are two companies that are very left-wing. They only support one ideology in America, and I don't think they should have the size platform that they do. And last but not least, I'm sure you saw about the George Floyd trial. Now they have one of the jurors that was there that I guess participated in some Martin Luther King rallies and he was wearing BLM uh, gear, either t-shirt or hat or something. I I didn't see it completely. I I already knew this was coming. There was something that you knew. As soon as they did not move the trial out of that direct area, I mean, look what those jurors were facing. If you don't give the right verdict, more than likely you're going to walk outside and get attacked. So they had to do whatever they had to do. It's showing now they had multiple jurors make statements alluding to the same thing that they felt like they had no choice. That's the way it had to go. So I'm sure that's going to end up getting tossed out. And here we go. We're probably going to flare up again. They're going to burning again. It's, it's just going to start all over again. I actually feel bad for the people in the blue states because that's where all this stuff happens. If you're listening and you're from a blue state, if you're in New York, if you're in Minneapolis, if you're in California, if you're in Oregon or Washington State, wherever you are, if you're hearing the sound of my voice, believe me, in Florida, that type of stuff ain't happening. (laughs) Okay, so if you live in a blue state and you want to relocate where things like that aren't happening, please keep in mind that you voted for the very people that are not stopping those things. So don't come to our red states with that same mentality and vote the same way because eventually what will happen is if enough of you relocate, we turn into the same thing you are right now and eventually there will be no state to run to. We're all going to burn. So keep that in mind. Maybe you need to rethink your political position a little bit or just don't vote and stay out of it because obviously you made poor choices in the past. Well, that about do it for me today. 
You can follow me on Parlor. Parlor is currently down right now. They've been down for a couple of days. Hopefully, they'll get that back up and running soon. From messages I've been seeing and articles I've been reading, they may be updating their app. I definitely know they're updating their software. They're trying to enhance the features for the users. So hopefully that'll be back up and running soon if you just want to catch my podcast. I do host out of Buzzsprout, so you can find it on Buzzsprout for sure. Um, Also, I will be posting just the podcast on Twitter, Clout Hub, and Gab. My handles for each. Twitter at L-J-C-O-N-S-E-R-C-R-N. Gab, Little Joe's Corner. Cloud Hub, Little Joe's CC. God bless. Have a good Friday and a great weekend.